Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this Remembering What Day It Is Thursday free episode. It's the free yes. one. The free one. <laughs> sure I is. knew it was coming. I tried to preempt uh, you by doing it first. And now, you, let's crack on. Uh, you synced it. Oh, oh, God. God it's all happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's all happening at once. <laughs> Hope you're ready for this free episode of Trash Future. <laughs> um, no, it is, it is, of course, myself, Alice Hussein, and Milo, and mm. we are joined uh, as as ever for our annual "What Spotify Up To" episode, mm. uh, the mm. second annual "What Spotify Up To" episode. Uh, it is uh, Dan Beckner, co-host of uh, the Bottleman with me, and of uh, many musical projects, including uh, Operators, Hello. and a uh, upcoming solo album. Dan, how's it going? I'm good. How is everyone? How is it on the in the on the rainy island? Mm. It's so normal, dude. Yeah. It's you guys so, having, a, so having a normal, normal one. We're, ha- we're having a- we're having a great time. Oh, we're having yeah. a great time. You, you ever hear about mm. this? It's a pretty normal island. Mm. But before we start here, uh, I want to um, I want to just pull up uh, TF Film Corner. Uh, the mm. reviews of uh, Paul Verhoeven's Benedetta are in. I'm so excited, and- dude. Yes. <laughs> Wait, what is this? Uh, well, so and, and Mark Kennedy of the AP has said... A, a, a giant of- nerd has said in his stupid <laughs> nerd voice, oh, I think this Paul Verhoeven movie is going to look like trash and be trash. It's like, yes, that's the point of it. That's why you go and see a Paul Verhoeven movie. The fact yeah. that you have compared it to showgirls in a convent means that I am now going to spend the next six or seven months of my life watching it every day. Absolutely. AP stands for, ah, please don't put my head in that toilet. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really long P. Yeah, that's right. What I love this is, uh, is, is it says Paul Verhoeven gives us uh, nonsense with Benedetta. Nonsense. 10 out of 10 for headline nonsense. writing. Nonsense. 10 out of 10 for headline writing. 0 out of 10 for shitty opinion. <laughs> that's just Chris Morris. <laughs> nonsense again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, like, truly, right. though, you don't enjoy it on as many levels as we do. Uh, yeah. Like, it, has, idiotic take. Has there ever been a Verhoeven movie where, like, the, uh, the cinema press has gotten it right, though? Like, has that ever happened? No, no. And, and like, the one that he's gotten, like, the uh, the worst reviews for is also my favorite, Showgirls. And th- that's a movie which the bad reviews were essential to making good, because only Paul Verhoeven and Gina Gershon knew they were doing it on purpose. Yes. Uh, nobody else knew what that movie was about, and even though, even though it came at the cost of destroying uh, what's-her-name's career, Christine Berkeley or whatever her name is. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Berkeley. Elizabeth Berkeley. It was worth it because uh, yeah. you got a great movie out of it. Yeah, she could never go back to Save by the Bell after that. Oh, no, the only no. one, the only it's it's people enjoyed RoboCop but enjoyed it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And then he was like, "No, you're you don't get it." No. Anyway, it's uh, Mark Mark Kennedy probably would uh, have a better time watching the uh, Board Ape Yacht Club uh, <sighs> series of shorts where the NFTs are now starring in uh, a short film where they say stuff like uh, NFTs are worth more than Paris. Do you mean that city with the awful tower? I think you mean the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, the awful tower. That's which so is cool. great. That rules yeah. so uh, hard. It's, it's really good. It's, it's so cool that what this this thing now is a. It seems like it's a whole. And I hate that we keep coming back to it. And I promise we're not going to talk about it that much. But it's this whole universe of things where it's like just for the. Is there some kind of a Verhoeven element to it where it's supposed to be this just abject? (laughs) You know, Riley, you don't think it's cool that there's a whole series that's kind of like uh, sort of like uh, Rick and Morty, direct a video Rick and Morty with an ape whose catchphrase is fuck. You don't think that's cool? Oh, shit. Is is he allowed to fucking say that? It's the, the, the apes of the Witcher. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wooting I'm every time I hear the ape say "fuck." Yeah. Well, it's it's a the look. You can't censor what's on the blockchain. No, that's true. If NFTs are an elaborate performance art bit, I am forced to take my hat off to them. Mm-hmm. If this is if this has been a big prank, then they got my ass. That's true. Because <laughs> I am mad about NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we are Lord. all triggered, and we are all owned. Mm. Is the thing about us? I think the lazy. Yeah. I think the lazy lion character. Like I it was the only clip that I listened to, um, who mm. has this like it, 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 the the lazy lion character has this kind of like African 
I don't want to say, I, I, I really don't want to say it, but you don't I'm want to say happy. the slur. Like, yeah, an African accent, right? Which means nothing, like a, but it's like this, a but, broad but, African but, accent. But, yeah. Right. But, but when you listen to it really closely, what you realize is that this is the only type, this is like an impersonation that a white person would do of an African accent. Like, it sounds exactly like that. I can't, ex- I can't, I can't explain the intonations, but I'm, I'm like 90% sure that this is a white person doing an African accent. And like it, that, that, that clip, would, that would just, just like, be a reheated version of the like mm. racist knuckles memes from like the year earlier, right? But also, what I was going to say was that this just reminds me a lot of like you know those kind of uh, like those like flash cartoons that people used to do, where they also used mm. to make like mm. people do voices and stuff, and that those voices were done by just like people who were making them at home. This is a flash mm. cartoon, like. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's all. It's a version of Leisure Suit Larry that has cost millions of dollars. Leisure Suit Larry had more production values than this, and maybe (laughs) a one one thousandth of the cost. Yeah. Like it's like it's it's, more hero heroes quest dragon quest. There, there is a slow producersification of all of this stuff, where you wonder what the financial engineering underneath it is, but the resultant cultural products are just thinner and thinner and worse and worse. Mm. Until now, mm. it's like, oh yeah, we've done a stick death animation. It costs $30 billion. Yeah. It's and, 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 and your only options for entertainment are this or the sort of like mainstream um, so that just happened comedy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you, 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 can, you can now watch Cowboy Bebop in the format of um, so that just happened. The <laughs> The yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe stick figure, stick figure um, uh, series. I am going to say that actually the Netflix Cowboy Bebop is not as bad as everyone says it is. Um, yes, it is. It is yes, not. It is. it is not as bad as people say it's like says it's like say it is. And like you know, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's it, it's bad, but it's not as bad as people say it is. Yeah, it is. Well. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> this is finally the schism that yeah, destroys this, this, the podcast. This is, this is just it. this yeah. argument between Alice and Hussein. <laughs> look, uh, but look, uh, all with all of that behind us. Uh, I want to no, say. No, I like, want to talk about this for like no, two, three Alice, more hours. Alice, <laughs> Way Ray. Excuse me. What's what is Way Ray? That's what do you Alice think? Is Alice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to. I have to go and kill the president now. What, what is what is Way Ray? Way Ray. W a y r a y. Don't worry. I'm before you guess. I'm going to give you the first line of their marketing copy. I'm going to give you more than okay, I usually thank, give thank you. you. Thank you. It's very kind. Actually, mm. I'm going to give you two things. Okay. All right, Chris okay. Tarrant. The <laughs> sorry, I'm just I'm feeling very generous. It's Christmas. Yeah. We Wayray says we are an industrial deep tech company with a relentless culture that sets us apart. An industrial tech company. Mm. But it, it, it's it's something that like makes you do crunch better by like firing <laughs> a laser at your skull if you try and move away from your computer. I don't know. Uh, so uh, deep, by the way, am I right? Was I right you, about that? Uh, uh, not exactly. Damn. Uh, Deep tech, by the way, for people who don't know, it's when you're a company that like solves a complete, like creates a new thing other than just taking something and applying it. Didn't that used like, to just be called yeah. a company? I think that used to, used to just be called tech. That's just tech. Mm. Mm. So now deep tech is where you like create a new kind of like neural network. And then a normal tech We've company created a new kind of ape. Well, a, no- a normal tech company will take that new kind of neural network and use it to solve a problem. So deep tech is like actually inventing the new stuff. The other thing, all right, the other okay. companies are just different kinds of middlemen. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, and the second hint I'll give you is that it combines two kinds of startups that we've been talking about a lot recently. All right, I, none of us remember <laughs> anything. True. Yeah, that is true. So we never talked. About I don't have a memory anymore. Way Ray, Wait. I'm like when you take the hard drive out of a computer and like you can use it, <laughs> but if you shut it down, like nothing will be stored. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Encro right. chat. Way Ray. Um. Okay. Right. Um. Mm. So they're right. They're building. They're building something. Um. It is. Uh. They're actually building the Havana Syndrome gun. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, that would be that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, Hussein, Wayray combines two things we talked about a lot. Yeah, again, I don't. You you used to tell me this as if like um, we have a memory. I forgot we were recording today, a day that we always record on. So, um, Wayray. Uh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw out I'm just gonna throw out something holograms. Yes. No. What? Are you oh serious? <laughs> what? Yes. Yes. I'm a I'm a I'm a very I'm a very stupid guy. Who just said a word? <laughs> Hussein is at one with the vibe. <laughs> yes, yeah, holograms. That's absolutely correct. Holograms. 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 Damn. Uh, yeah, I, what are they doing with those holograms? 
making doing 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 a bit doing a big hologram of Ray Romano. Sorry, I just wanted to say that before I yeah. forgot it. Okay. So I just wanted to say, uh, doing a big hologram of Ray Romano. <laughs> Dan, they're they doing do uh, they're doing like virtual PowerPoint presentations uh, broadcast into uh, conference rooms. So like a boring guy, uh, a, a hologram of a boring guy. Oh, a, bore, yeah. a boring guy just goes, help yeah. me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah. you're our only hope. Yeah. But, like, he does that mm. as a joke, and you have to pretend that it's funny. Yeah. Otherwise, you get disintegrated. So, it's a guy, you're saying you have to sort of react to a Star Wars reference yes. by holocaust. Yes. Yes. Also, your workstation is now the, like, turret from uh, fucking, uh, like, the Millennium Falcon. It's, like, moving you around and shit. Every so uh, often, Alice. every time you close Alice. a uh, every time you close a window, a guy tells you, "Great job, kid," but don't get cocky, <laughs> and you have to Alice, laugh. You you've you've uncovered an element of this. I hate oh, no. you so much, dude. I I'm gonna shoot you with a gun in real life. I you can't keep doing this to me. There is a big physical workstation that oh. is involved in what this does. Uh, oh, awesome! It's cool. so they say. It's the it's the. The metaverse on wheels. Oh fuck! It, what? Fuck. What? Why? Why would you put the metaverse on wheels? It doesn't exist. This would also, yeah. This well. would also like this would also preconfigure the idea that like the metaverse like is we know what it is. So sorry, so, I so, crashed so, my car into yeah. your son. I was inside a big Ray Romano hologram. I was yeah. in, I was inside a localized version of the metaverse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which was mostly Ray Romano it, based. It, it was so, kind of weird. So is it actually. like an is it like an office on wheels, a, a boardroom well, on wheels? What it is, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it is. It is a new kind of car. Uh, uh that and the the car is called the Hologractor. <laughs> Fuck oh, off! I, oh, I really hate that. That's that's a first draft fucking name. You, I'm mad now. You go back to this homework is of a poor standard. You go back and find a proper name for the car. And what the company actually does, right, is it's mainly a hologram technology company. And what they do is they project. They're very good at projecting holograms onto planes of gra- of glass, which means they can. They're basically an AR company, augmented reality. So just gonna say onto planes, like they just love distracting pilots. It's <laughs> like, huh. yeah, fuck them. Yeah. So I'm sending you all a video. Yeah, of, of them uh, beaming a spooky ghost into a cockpit to crash yeah. a plane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm. So the what they're saying is they can put this on the hood of a car, which basically turns driving into like. A race mission in Grand Theft Auto, where you like oh, have a little line you should follow. We've, we've been heading this way ever since they started putting like heads up displays in cars, but I still hate it, and it's it's yeah. a great way to like uh, kill a bunch of people. Well, yeah, because it's a sort of thing like there are enough people now who just do whatever their sat nav says mm-hmm. without looking around them. But if you put it into the car where it's like there's a big red line that you're following along the road, that's going to make that even worse. It's just going to yeah. it's going to turn okay. driving into the scene from The Simpsons where uh, Homer starts a reactor meltdown and just the the people on fire look like clowns. Like that's going to be driving. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Automotive, they have three use cases. Automotive, it's like Grand Theft Auto, and that's the holographer. But also they say, yeah, you can also do transportation heavy machinery. Um, so like you can get a little info huh? thing that's like when you're um, you know, using your backhoe, it can be like uh, backhoe here for 30 points and turn it into a little game. Oh, um, no. But also you can set holographic uh, AR smart glass could be personalized to individual users syncing to their devices to show upcoming events in their calendars and other items of interest while displaying general information like traffic flow through the city or points of interest like landmarks or retail stores. So they show a cityscape, and in the cityscape is someone looking out of a window, and out mm. the window you can see traffic flowing, and where the traffic is flowing well, there's like a green line, and where it's flowing badly, you see a red line. Oh, so, so it's like Google Maps. It shows, well, no, but only for traffic you can physically see. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, All right. So great. So, so you're like, oh, is there traffic there or not? Allow me to consult my heads-up display. Ah, oh, all those cars that have stood still one behind another, there's a red line. They must be in traffic. Yeah, correct, <laughs> yes. Amazing. I love that. <laughs> and also, though, it shows an ad for helicopter tours, and then it highlights one of the buildings for some reason. I assume <laughs> suggesting is... that you could 9-11 the building with a helicopter. <laughs> it's, it's vulnerable. That's a glowing weak spot. How does... 
Okay, so did did they say anything about how they intend to prevent you from like killing every child in a five block radius with this because you're like on your phone but too much while you drive? Oh well, oh, oh, oh Alice, do I ever have an explanation? Uh, does it for highlight that for the you? children and go thirty points? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Garanga, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the Holographer is the first car designed around true AR technology and a new ride-hailing business model. True assault rifle technology. Uh, the right. seamless connection of the virtual and real worlds offers greater safety, comfort, services, and entertainment. The three-seater car, so it's three seats, and it has a third seat in the back Wait, seat. it's half a Fiat Multipla. <laughs> so, every, so everyone in the car can see the windscreen, which is cool. Uh, yeah, and forget the fact that that's stupid. <laughs> like, just ignore. I love what I love so much about these technologies is okay. So, uh, first of all, what you're going to do is ignore the fact that it's stupid, and accept the premise that we need to do this thing that's obviously <laughs> stupid. So, you know how before you could get five people in a car? Well, it's not epic. So now you can only get three. And they have, and they have to help you drive. So, like, you you have a you have a driver, you have a co-driver, you have a door gunner, and they're all up front. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's. I love this. It's like, yeah, we've we've projected the halo warthog onto your car so that you can feel cool. Um, but no, they say it's the first metaverse car for ride hailing. So what Holographer says the uh, business model they enable is having a bunch of guys elsewhere in the world sitting in little car pods, uh, driving your car for you. Wait, so- me playing truck simulator, but I'm actually driving a truck. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. Um, it says. It says. Oh it, no! We accidentally connected this truck to Tom Walker's stream. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so it's a, one of the ads is inside my metaverse on wheels. I don't have to make small talk. This has been so like, so, the funniest possible way you could do this would be to just do it and then not announce it until like months later, <laughs> and Tom Walker finds out to his horror that he's been in an Ender's Game sort of situation where every time he veers the truck to the left, he just kills fifty people. Yeah, uh, so it's that if you're so basically, like, yeah, we will free you from having to talk to cab drivers by putting them in a warehouse like several countries away and driving your car for you. Great. Um, you won't. You a will bunch not have of to black cab drivers locked in a warehouse, <laughs> driving <laughs> like with a fucking Forza steering wheel, turning over their shoulder to another black cab driver who's doing the same thing. Going, you seen these immigrants have now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but because it's in the metaverse, right? Uh, they're saying, oh, also you'll be able to like play little games while driving uh, because you won't be driving. You'll just be sitting there. Uh, someone will be driving oh. by remote control for you. I I hate how fucking soy this all is. <laughs> so, uh, with VR remote control, a single qualified driver operates the Holographer remotely from a compact driving Please station. Stop saying Holographer. <laughs> Passengers relax in the comfort of having a professional driver control the car while also enjoying complete privacy. But it's like. Wait a minute. The comfort of having a professional driver control the car over an internet connection yeah. many miles away. <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it just depends on me, an amateur driver driving the car. What, just because I'm in the car? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I want a professional guy doing this over an internet connection. Yeah. It, all it depends on is eight cameras, a bunch of LiDAR sensors, and an internet connection not going wrong. Yeah. A guy who, if this car crashes, will be fine. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> And they say uh, that passengers can then enjoy personalized AR content while riding. Um, they say the car. Uh, I, I love to your- be a whistleblowing journalist getting one of these, and then my <laughs> AR content just goes, shouldn't have leaked those documents, fucker. And, get, and as I get driven at 70 miles an hour into a concrete overpass. <laughs> I can imagine now there's going to be a, like, we're aware of the moral hazard of having people who aren't in the car drive a car. They have no stake in it not crashing. So we've made it like the Matrix. And if the car <laughs> crashes, um, the, the machine injures the driver of the car also <laughs> in exactly the same way as the passengers are injured. It's <laughs> like a big fucking sledgehammer just swings out of nowhere and hits him in the eye. So you're saying basically it would be kind of like the F-35 that, like, the little driving pod would have just shit that would fly off and horribly <laughs> injure the Exactly. I just like um, the idea so, of people putting this much energy into into building the metaverse and then endangering people by making them go physically somewhere else, right? Like, isn't the mm, whole idea oh, of the metaverse mm, is that you're mm. traveling without traveling? <laughs> like, 
Well, I think the whole idea of the metaverse is uh, we we ran out of ideas and don't want to be constrained by the physical world anymore. Yes, but so, we're still going to put you in a weird three seater car controlled by someone remotely and possibly smash you into an overpass. The metaverse. <laughs> Correct, <yes. laughs> yeah, but you get to do it while looking at while watching like your bored ape show that you can watch because you own one of the characters. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and at, at that point, they'll have been doing the the, the Firefly type dialogue. Um, so <laughs> they say, Holographer learns your roots, habits, and preferences. It can even anticipate your next trip using data tracking and content shared with the car via the app. That means that every time you step into the car, so it spies on you. But it's good, actually. No, it's, yeah. Well, it's it's Night Rider. They're giving you a really annoying version of Night Rider uh, that is just actually a remote control guy. Yeah. 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 Hello, Michael. <laughs> I'm being paid three dollars an hour. <laughs> Please, <laughs> we all, release me. There's also gaming. Yeah. <laughs> we all we all love singing in cars, regardless of how good we are. No. And now it can be an interactive uh, game. Uh, uh, in Holographer, a have karaoke you ever dreamed game. of being James Corden. <laughs> <laughs> the doors are locked. Yeah. yeah. The ki- the karaoke is available as an online game to passengers, yeah, similar available to, to and Guitar mandatory. Hero. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, well, it's available for you, uh, but yeah, there's there's a guy who has just sitting uh, in again, probably in a, uh, a a warehouse in a country where um, where you have fewer rights than an Uber driver mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, regarding employment, uh, driving you around uh, from your board ape yacht club party uh, to your um, uh, uh, well, what what could it be? Oh yeah, to your driving you around while you have your meeting in like a space station with Mark Zuckerberg who's wearing an ape costume. Yeah, this I could see. be fun actually. I think though that the driver of the car, like the remote control driver should choose the uh, the karaoke so you're just like in this hell where every time you get in a taxi you just have to do Albanian <laughs> karaoke. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're like, I don't know the lyrics to Biljana Platnovelichka, you know? Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I have been right. doing What's New Pussycat for every ride I've been doing. <laughs> I, mean, I think we could, exactly. you could really drive someone crazy with something like this, right? Like, it could be a real phone booth situation where it's like you're trapped in the car. But maybe that's the thing is all the metaverse and, and NFT guys have to get this car, mm. right? And then get it. They can just sort of drive around kind of forever being slowly driven mad by guys forcing you to sing What's New Pussycat for days and days and days. Hmm. Yeah. I just, I just want to put everyone who owns a bored ape NFT in in a room with an actual ape, <laughs> <laughs> and just see what happens. You yeah. know, presumably something similar. Yeah, yeah. If they like apes so much, why not meet an actual ape? Yeah. A couple of lions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then That's I'll right. just, I'll, I'll rattle the room a bit, throw some stuff in there, just see what happens. You know. Yeah, but I mean, look, this, this, this whole, um, it's, it's very interesting. I think, like, to see. At least from from my perspective, as sort of you know someone who follows this kind of thing, to see the um, to see sort of the meta, the whole metaverse concept just spawn ideas like a fungal fruiting body, and just you can just I think it really it should it's be like seen one of Google's creations. <laughs> no, like, really, I think you you could see the 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 whole metaverse thing as a kind of fruiting body on the um on on just the the dead the dead carcass of uh. A productive economy, <laughs> right? It, it's it's not that it won't flourish or even thrive. Fungi thrive, right? <laughs> but they thrive on decay. Yes, and this is this is what that is. Quite literally, what if what if we monetize the rot? Yes, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it turns out very profitable. Yeah, can't can't fucking do anything until this guy uh, locks yeah. me in a room with this ape. <laughs> Ideas. Yeah. There's so much. There's so much rot. I'm making money hand over fist here. <laughs> Someone should have thought of monetizing the rot earlier. <laughs> Ideas is a pretty generous description of what we're <laughs> what we're learning about here. I mean, also, I, I always like to say as well, like the idea of say, I don't know, having a uh, more having things that are helping mm. you do things as you look through a glass. Like it's not I'm against holograms or anything, but the fact that I'm not every- hologramophobic, okay? The, the fact Some that- of my best friends are holograms. Why do you hate holograms, Riley? What's your problem with Emperor Palpatine? Look, look the <laughs> fact that like if you think about this, right? Anytime there is this, this one of these tech technologies that gets developed, right? These these deep tech things, right? 
what the fuck is it always for? It's for new kinds of ride hailing. It's for a. It's for like an AI enabled drone, a smarter mm. missile. It's it's like we've we've got this really limited range mm. of things where like any kind of real improvement in your in 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 your mm. life is actually coming. If you are someone who is like using ride hailing and calling in a missile strike or whatever. If just right? one of these companies was like, we're going to make shitting less of an ordeal, I'd be like, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's, it's... You can get some AR content as you're shitting. So, <laughs> that actually kind of brings me to want it to oh, our... no. Our talk... No, no, don't, not that. Don't worry. Uh, this brings me a little bit to uh, dis- the discussion of Spotify a year on. Um, Dan... Great thing to listen to while you're shitting. <laughs> it's, look... It's been a year since we last had this conversation. In fact, since our first conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah. And can you just confirm for the listener that we haven't spoken to each other in the meantime? Yeah, <laughs> you don't all, know anything that we're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and, and when Spotify Wrapped hit last year and Spotify Wrapped said to me, sure are listening to a lot of that one thing. I was like, yes, <laughs> shut up. Um, we- a lot of guys called either like d- defamed or like Mike Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, I, I loved SNTS by Defamed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So have you heard uh, 20657? Yeah, by Jack Charles. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Anyway. By Croesus Vandervonks. Yeah. <laughs> Stop owning me. No. Um, I demand it. No, um, look, uh, it's Spotify wrapped. Uh, there's been a lot of updates with Spotify this year. Uh, Dan, I just want to quickly ask, uh, Spotify, I assume with all that's been going on, they're massive, sort of their growth in listeners and stuff. They are paying you more, yes? Uh, that would be no. No, I, I've not. Uh, my, last, uh, my last royalty statement from SoundExchange, I think I got 100 US dollars uh-huh. for like a fairly decent amount of streams. So no, they're, they're actually, they're not, they're not paying anymore. Um, ah, oh. damn. Well, yeah, I, too bad. I, damn it. I was really hoping Spotify would be good now. Yeah, now that they're profitable, so weird that they're not. <laughs> so, well, I, I think I may have solved the mystery here. I think I've found what they have spent the money on, which is that uh, the money they paid to founder Daniel Eck, the bad Daniel, mm. uh, they put a billion euros um, towards funding more deep tech moonshot projects. So, sorry, that's where it's gone. It's gone to funding more deep tech moonshot projects. They must have, like, I'm sure once they're done funding deep tech moonshot projects, they will fairly compensate the people who, you know, make it possible for them to fund all these things. Yeah, of course. Just, uh, Riley, think of all the great songs that are going to be written by people riding around in the hologractor being forced to do karaoke because it's somehow tied to Spotify's weird, like, plagiarism uh, data gathering algorithm. (laughs) I mean... Imagine if the Beatles had had the hologram. <laughs> imagine, Im- look, like for a second, just imagine if you had like you know the perfect band that were able to kind of produce music based entirely on uh, Spotify's algorithm, and perhaps like to, for like a, you know in order to relate to an audience, you know, you should give them an aesthetic. Maybe they can be apes that like play like guitars and drums and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like that band, the Monkeys. Uh, they could live, yeah, or they like could that live. other band, Gorillas. <laughs> they could live in the yeah. big floating castle and like do like collaborations of rappers from time to time. I think that'd be pretty cool. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ideal. No, but, um, so most recently, in fact, uh, Eck has pledged uh, to, he says he has got, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is pretty, pretty, pretty astounding. Um, all of that money that uh, people are paying Spotify to listen to, uh, e.g. Uh, 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 Wolf Parade, um, that is going to a, his investment company called Prima Materia, which has now invested uh, one-tenth of its investable capital in a startup called Helsing. Um, <laughs> which kills vampires? Uh, well, it They're says working on anti-vampire is- deep tech. They heard the monster. Yeah, they nice. saw the monster mash was streamed so many times on Spotify, and they're like, we need to do something about this. Monsters they're working on mashing. giving you access to the film Van Helsing. Yeah, they give you augmented reality inside Dracula's castle, so you can see where to go, where not to go. Uh, common pitfalls. Oh yeah, look, it's basically look. It's sort of more of a Zork strategy guide than anything else. Mm, okay. Uh, no. Uh, so Helsing uh, is, oh boy, uh, it is a European defense AI firm based in oh, Berlin. Oh no, this is some twonk hole shit right here. <laughs> okay, now I'm on board. <laughs> so. 
Yeah. Uh, so basically, it, Spot. One of the reasons. Uh, Spotify obviously has to like, as an organization, as we know, sort of takes in a certain amount of money and then repurposes that to other things. Some of that goes into Daniel Ek, which he uses to invest. Um, some of it goes and, into him. Yes. Yeah, so it goes <laughs> right really? into a big pipe that runs yep. into Daniel Ek's ass full <laughs> yeah, of money. The, the <laughs> well, he is a European. Yeah. Look, if you know an easier way, okay, tell me about it. But until then, you can shut the fuck up. (laughs) But yeah, this is what I was saying earlier about deep tech, right? Like, because it's another deep tech AI firm, which is Mm. creating, trying to push the envelope forward, or at least that's Mm. what the stated mission is. But like, think about what that actually gets used for. It's personal cars, space travel, missile defense. There are very little, um, very little that sort of could be said to be uh, useful. Hmm. Make shitting better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Guy what, in a turtleneck comes out on stage for a keynote and says, how much of your life do you spend shitting and farting? Uh, <laughs> too much. Hours a day on average. Yeah. Um, hmm. So they say their, their software platform, quote, processes data from some different sensors around a battlefield. So like, there are, you know, because generally yeah. things now are covered in sensors, drones, tanks, people. Battlefield clip. It seems yeah. like you're having a battle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from multiple sensors directly on vehicles and systems to provide an integrated view of the operational environment with the aim of faster and more accurate decision making. So basically, what it allows you to do in, quote, kinetic scenarios. Kinetic <laughs> scenarios. I, I love to be in a kinetic scenario. Yeah. Um, that's why you're using the uh, the the Xbox Kinect system. So what it I, like, does I like being on the a, right side of a kinetic is, scenario. Wait, if you know is, what is, I mean. Is it, mm. Wait, is a kinetic scenario is a scenario just like a politically correct way of saying a heated gamer moment? Well, I think it's more of a politically correct way of saying um, turning someone into a pink mist with a bomb from a drone. Okay, ah, uh, okay. all right. But that yeah. is pretty. That is pretty kinetic. Yeah. It's pretty keno, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so what they say is. Uh, they will turn unstructured sensor data into, quote, information advantage, but only for democratic information governments. Information advantage. Well, basically- only for democratic governments. Awesome. They've never yeah. been a bad democratic government. Wait, so they are they including Russia in that, for example? <laughs> no, they're specifically no, they're saying, oh, this is going to be. No. Yeah, this is right, specifically okay. they're saying, oh, yeah, we need to uh, bolster the arsenal of democracy, basically, against threats from Russia and Great. China. So they're giving it similar. to Israel also, then. Oh, I, oh, I yeah. think they're very much going to be doing that. Yeah. Okay. And it's it, like, this is the kind of stuff where I find it interesting, even on its own terms, because like, okay, I'm not going to stand here and say that I genuinely think that Russia is a democratic government, but like, can you prove that they're not? Right? <laughs> like, what are you like, like, as in like, yeah, like we kind of, we kind of know that they're not, but like, technically they hold elections and people vote in them. Yeah. Like, it's not a one party state. And how come, how come, yeah, you invented Spotify and like you have some like, you know, European yeah. friends like are in Helsing and you're friends mm. in the government. Why do you get to decide? Yeah. Yeah, we have invested in this company. Yeah. They are giving a kind of battlefield clippy. Yeah. Uh, to guys, but <laughs> the good guys. Yeah. Yeah. I actually like, why- benefit Russia in the, yeah. if, if you are a Russian, a Russian troop, like sort of uh, chest deep in a frozen trench mm-hmm. in, in Donetsk, you will not have to worry about your boss being clippy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, exactly. yeah, to, to be fair, to be fair to the Russian troops, before before Clippy, they would probably prefer to have like an assault rifle that was manufactured after 1970, or like any <laughs> of those things. <laughs> yeah, um, to this, be there by choice. The, 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 the whole the whole thing here, right, is the is is you know, the, that all, so much of that money going to Spotify is now just turning into again another one of these tech companies whose whole job is manufacturing paranoia about like you know NATO's enemies. Uh, uh, and also saying, oh, yeah, we're going to decide who's a democracy and who's not. We're going to give this tech. We're going to give Battlefield Clippy to the democracies. Um, and also it's like, for example, would Helsing serve the UK given now that protest offenses come, which such as being too loud during a protest, come with a 51 week custodial sentence? Uh, right? If you about. commit a protest offense, you go to jail for just under a year, which means being too loud, for example. Mm-hmm. Is that a do, do we do what? Where does that sl- sit? On Helsing's scale, it's because it's right, as you say, Milo, like, as as much as a lot of, like, you know, Freedom House or whatever likes to say, uh, Russia, a backsliding or an authoritarian state or whatever, it's like, well, yeah, but why do you, why do you choose? Uh, why, why do you, like, you, you Helsing, you Mr. Spotify and your fucking friends in the European foreign policy blob, you just get to say, well, 
all the Spotify money is now going to uh, who I consider to be the good guys. Uh, the, the way you de- the way you decide is at the end of the year you get a little uh, notification that gives you an email and it tells you how much democracy you've been doing. Yeah, yeah. do you mm. get do you get a battlefield wrapped? Where it tells you that the mortar you were just hit by was funded by Twinks listening to Kim Petras or whatever. <laughs> Twinks listening so, to Kim Petras, DM me. Yeah. yeah. So, but how it actually how the technology itself works, right? Is usually right. What this when, for example, the Saudis um, will like you know bomb a wedding in Yemen. Now, so, are we giving this to them because they're pretty democratic? Oh, over almost there. certainly, we will be giving this to them. Oh yes. yeah, definitely. Yep. We're gonna yeah. give it to them, but like can't no, like Canada did with LAVs. We're gonna make them promise that they don't use it domestically on civilians. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. And they'll exactly. definitely keep that premise. <laughs> yeah, to be fair to Saudi Arabia, they tend to prefer to use their weapons on civilians outside Saudi Arabia. Well, that's just smart uh, business. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what they now, what they, uh, so, so what what happens, right, is ordinary in the ordinary course of events, uh, you would need to get someone from the U.S. intelligence services or someone connected to U.S. intelligence services uh, to say we think that there is a uh, terrorist in this wedding. Uh, in, in this terrorist training camp that happens to have a clever disguise as a wedding, and then why am I imagining a CIA yeah. guy showing up to a wedding like a stripper grab? Yeah. Like I hear there's a terrorist, and he starts like pulling off his CIA yeah, uniform. They've, they've disguised, yeah. They've got like they've got like an Ed Sheeran cover band uh, playing. Like they're very <laughs> very sneaky these days. And then and then then that gets passed up to the Saudis, and then a British person goes and loads the bomb onto the plane, and then like. A Saudi guy takes off, drops the bomb, and says, "Great, I've hit the target that was based on this, you know, supposition." Now, what they're doing is they're streamlining that supposition into a um, in, into a technical process where all of these battlefield sensors are there, doing much of the same thing, basically, mm. right? So you don't, so you don't need the British guy. Oh no, that's our whole economy. <laughs> yeah, see, 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 now, see, see, yeah, see, see, see. Now I don't know whether it's good or bad. Because we've yeah we've automated that one British guy whose job is to say yeah whatever you want oh, drop a bomb AI AI is replacing British people mm-hmm. uh, critical critical support sorry <laughs> yeah. that's my yeah that's my position on so, it Torsten Rail the CEO Excuse and co-founder me? of of Helsing Torsten Rail Torsten Rail the inventor of the train <laughs> Torsten it's R E I L Seb we founded Helsing with the conviction conviction that liberal democratic values are worth defending and that artificial intelligence will be an essential capability to keep us safe. Unlike authoritarian regimes, democratically elected governments have a special responsibility to their citizens. The use Sorry, of technology where's this company to based be, again, Riley? What what country, what city and what country is it based in? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's um uh, uh, it Berlin is, Berlin, Germany, right? That's Yes, yes, it is based in Germany. Okay, just wanted to yeah. check while we're hearing uh-huh. about uh, uh-huh. authoritarian uh-huh. regimes from a guy named mm-hmm. Torsten. Yeah. yeah, and and they say right this this again. There's this idea right with that liberal democratic values are worth defending. There's this idea that the liberal democratic values that you claim to love so much are being attacked by quote authoritarian countries outside who are bad and out there. Right, that there's no rot here. You know, no, we, we need to use AI to defend ourselves from Russia because they're not a democracy and therefore they hate us because we are a democracy. And we're do- like that. That's it's the, the foreign policy. Um, I'd say the foreign policy ideas of the tech guy and a Brookings Institution guy are completely identical. And I think there is this longstanding assumption um, among sort of I think a lot of, you know, um, especially I, I think there's a longstanding liberal assumption that. These guys are uh, the the tech people are sort of more more progressive than the old like fucking you know um uh, the hawks of the Eisenhower era. But I, I, there is just when it comes down to where they put their money, the kinds of things that they they fund, the kinds of things that they uh, uh, espouse in congressional subcommittees, like Zuckerberg, for example, is they are exactly as hawkish, precisely as hawkish as uh, uh, you know fucking Joe McCarthy, hmm. for example. You know what? Do- you know what doesn't scare me at all? Uh, I- a weird fusion of tech and weapons manufacturing that, uh, unlike unlike its oh, predecessors, uh, actually sound. Yeah, very, Dan has just been assassinated. Yeah, Dan said, "You Shit. know what doesn't scare me at all?" And then there was a complete silence. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy's scared of everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what doesn't scare me? And then we heard the sound of like three silenced gunshot wounds. <laughs> uh, hello, back, this is uh, this is Dan. Uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing scares me. Uh, can, please continue. Yeah. 
This no, is the real the, Dan. The, I've not been replaced. Uh, how's it going, Dan Vecna from from Off Races? Uh, uh, super well. Enjoying living in my liberal based democracy here. Uh, yeah. No, I. So, what does it? You know, the fusion of uh, tech companies and weapons manufacturers with like plus ideology is terrifying. That's terrifying. <laughs> Because even even like General Atomics, like those people don't have an ideology; they just make you know. No, but now the arsenal of democracy like, is coming back. Uh, democracy yeah, itself yeah. isn't, but the arsenal is. Oh yeah, that's right. I, 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 but also the in the arsenal of democracy now, what's it doing is it's taking all the, it's taking those decisions of where to drop the rest of the arsenal of democracy. And it's taking them out of the hands of the people who would like get so scarred by doing it that they get Havana syndrome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) You know, great. And yeah, it's, it's being, Oh, well, a computer says put bomb here and the Spotify guy invented it. And well, I like Spotify (laughs) wrapped. So I guess I'll, uh, this is the, you were in the top 0.5% of uh, bombers of Yemen this year. If you like (laughs) operators, have you considered tier one operators and deploying them to Lebanon? (laughs) Lo-fi beats to bomb uh, Lebanon yeah. too. Well, it's the, he, the uh, Torsten Rail continues. Uh, <laughs> the use such of, a good name. The use of technology needs to be transparent and guided by ethical standards set by us all. Uh, you all got the memo where oh, by us all. we voted on us all. what the ethical standards used to um, held at being held up to sort of technological use are, right? Oh, yeah. Where we yeah. all voted on what was and wasn't a democracy. Wait, did you guys not vote on that? Did I? Yeah. Uh, so when I ticked just do whatever you want, that I kind of did that as a joke because I assumed everyone else would take something sensible, but oh, no one else voted. The, the, the thing is, because Susan Sarandon told me to, I wrote in Bernie, so um, I, I, I might have <laughs> right. fucked mm-hmm. up here. Sorry. <laughs> just yeah. ticking Bernie Sanders on every form I'm given, regardless of context. <laughs> Name, Bernie Sanders. Sex, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. Email address, yeah. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is sort of agenda, to be fair. Our, uh, man, it's it's like Montreal elects a leftist mayor. Our democracy rating drops by like two points, and then we are just auto glassed by like orbital lasers. That's what mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you when you go back to a girl's place and her pussy is just Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Well, are you gonna eat me or not? I need to know. This is a matter <laughs> for the American people. So, are you going to eat this pussy? Oh, we're back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, mm-hmm. we've done it in a while, you know. Uh, so, anyway, look, okay, let's crack on. This, this crack thing, on. It's it is it it is just as I think with a lot of what else, what a lot of the, what the major tech platforms are doing is they're all just sort of turning into one another. So, like one of the things that um, in fact we we talked about this on on a recent episode of Bottleman Dan. One of the things yes. that happened with uh, Spotify is that it now has a TikTok functionality. And oh. YouTube has a podcast functionality. Um, yeah, and and Spotify wants to make video podcasts, aka YouTube. Yeah. So and it's they all, all one, all f- connected. Yeah, and they all have a fucking um, uh, Twitter Spaces slash Clubhouse functionality as well. Where Spotify is like, oh, what if we turn podcasting into the green room? Which, by the way, is a clone of Clubhouse. And it's just, it's um, like we we know a sort of we know the theory of the of the platform, right? Which is that. What they're trying to do is they are trying to monopolize as many interactions as they can of every type as they can. The more people interact with one another through the platform, the more money they make. But what that means is there are so fucking few new ideas, right? It's just, oh, there's a self-driving... Here's, here is five different kinds of self-driving car. None of them work. All of them just involve a guy. Uh, here is 12 different vor- versions of Clubhouse. That thing fucking everybody hated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should probably um, use this uh, opportunity to announce my green room space. Should Greater Macedonia include Israel? Um, come and check it out. <laughs> and is it enough of a democracy? And how much of a democracy is it? So, which end of um, uh, of Helsing should it be on? Should There's it be sensing one- <laughs> or sensed? Is <laughs> anyone real one state solution? And it's everything's Albania. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a one Greater state Albania, solution for the whole world. Albania. Yeah. But that's it, it's if you look at what else like Spotify mm. is doing, right? Mm. It's a be, all, it's becoming YouTube. YouTube's becoming Spotify. There mm. seem to be very few ideas left and how people actually interact with technology, other than just how can we come up with a how can we come up with something that lets us bomb NATO's enemies more effectively? How can we come mm. up with something that allows us to like move like like 
um, uh, reduce the rights of laborers below that of even Uber at this point, and then just and then then the rest of it seems to be uh, yeah incorporating mm. a way to make flash games worth a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Hmm. Yeah, well, this is like different levels of exploitation, isn't it? Like you know, and when you have like when when you have like a mm. uh, kind of like tech economy create like you know, there's uh one of the things that like I've been very interested in recently is just all the tech people sort of really kind of going all in on like the notion of the creator economy, right? And the idea that like everyone should like have side hustles as like creators, YouTubers, podcasters, and so on. Like it's this huge thing on like LinkedIn and like the Economist like blog section or whatever. Um, and so much of it is just like rooted again in like this level of exploitation and this idea that oh we can replace like resumes with uh you know, with, by forcing people to like produce content. Um, and in some cases you can see that where like you have supermarkets, I think there were a couple of supermarkets in the UK where like, if you wanted to like apply for a manager job, you also had to show that you were good on TikTok or like you had to like go make TikToks and stuff as well. Um, and yes. you can kind of see like where this is all heading to. And like the reason why like these tech guys like are so kind of obsessed with this idea of, you know, the creator economy being the main means of liberation is largely just because, well, number one, you kind of keep, you need, you need people to like keep producing stuff for your platforms to be valuable anyway. And part of that is also like convincing them all the time that like their content is like really worthwhile and that it has value to it. And like, you know, if like the standard model of creating content isn't um, reaping the rewards when you sort of like create this entire diff- different infrastructure, which is where I sort of think that like NFTs and stuff come in. I, I think that's like a bit of an oversimplification, but like the broad basis of it is the same, which is ultimately when you have like an exploitative economy anyway, there's no kind of, for them, it's like, well, this is where the, the kind of foundations are solid. So all you really need to do is like reinvent stuff. You just need to like make things look better or you you need like user interfaces to look cleaner. Like there is no incentive to innovate because they're kind of like foundational models are already like set in stone and there's no intention of like for that to ever change. I think like the same type of narratives are sort of, you know, very evident when like they kind of talk about their conception of decentralization, but that's like a different conversation. Well, I I think that's absolutely right. I think that it's um, a a lot of the innovation is just, and I think you especially see this with Spotify, how they're just trying to invent new ways to steal users from other platforms where it's like, we've sort of, the actual innovation is just um, paying musicians less and charging people a flat rate to listen to everything, and then just reaping the, the 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 difference between that. And then you just have to keep getting people on and keeping people on. Everything, everything, every new feature they roll out, everything new they try is just another face of that. Everything they say, everything they do, it's just the platform economies all have the same plan. And yeah, I mean, their, if you want to know, their first idea was their yeah. best idea. It was like, like yeah. you know, uh, was uh, getting people used to the idea that um, music has no inherent monetary value and should be available to you all the time, whenever you want, all of it. But what That's does it. have an inherent monetary value is uh, is a is a computer that says. It's okay to launch a missile at Russia because they have dodgy elections. Yeah, or this picture of an ape. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. That, that's but that is actually that is actually what's valuable because that's where there's a lot of uh, shit being produced. Is uh, is giving the actual trigger pullers, um, uh, if if they're yeah, the not automated yet. Yeah, giving the giving the trigger pullers the idea of well, the computer said to pull this trigger, so that's fine. It's not really my responsibility. Yeah, my and commanding besides, officer who's a computerized ape. And besides, <laughs> the only the, the people the only people on the other end of this trigger pull are people who's are, are countries that have dodgy elections. Sometimes, anyway, what happened in Florida in two thousand? I can't remember. Or like, not even um, really people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just sort of your your black mirror thing, right? Like, as you just stop, <laughs> you you operate so hard that eventually you stop being able to perceive people as people. But like, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's it. Look, shall we shall we do a quick a quick little article to close ourselves out? Here? Oh, this should this should be nice and light and should like make us all feel better as these reading series. Oh, okay. Do. Mm. Yes. Great. Yes. Yes, it not, will. Not going to investigate uh, further. Fantastic. Uh, right, okay. Can I you, hope it's something by Toby Young. Can you leave me a few minutes to find <laughs> the same article? Yes, absolutely. On the inter- no, it's a different one. I'm sorry. Oh, this one, well, I bet okay. this one will also be nice. We adopted oh, yeah. two brothers. This is in the cool, Times. Cool, that's nice. Good. That's, two that's, that's, that's very, very socially two responsible. Um, yeah, yep. good. Yep. 
Uh, eight years Michael. later, we gave one back. Uh, excuse me? Sorry, just say, say, say that last bit again. We adopted two brothers. Eight huh. years later, we gave one back. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, yes, it's the, it's the insane British woman. Yes, let's do it. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Like, you returned? Eight years later? You returned him? Like when I saw clothing? the interview, I assumed that adopted someone, and like a month later, they were like, "This kid is like too problematic. We can't handle it. Like his needs are too complex." And I was like, "Okay, that's like a bit weird, but I can kind of." But eight years, eight, eight years. No, sometimes the bad vibes take a while to kind no. of you know reveal well, themselves. Why One, do, two, what? three, four, five, six, seven, eight. What, why do bash deadbeat dads? His personality is your fault. <laughs> You've parented that child for eight years. You're like, yeah, I fucked this so bad. Like when you have a save on a game that there's no point even reloading, like you've done it, you've done so badly that you're like, I've just got to, I'm just gonna start again. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to accept that like a Libra moon doesn't get on with a Pisces sun, and that's okay. That's right. <laughs> so, so they, 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 I, don't know, I don't know. I don't actually know whether they are compassible. Please don't yell at when, me. Like if when, you're into when, astrology, when you when they say that they take him back to where did they put him in like an orphan wheel? Like where? Well. well We'll even talk about it. Okay. Said, El- okay. Eleanor Bradford writes, uh-huh. you probably don't fit the image you have in your mind of people whose child is taken into care. Oh, that's not- already very racist. Yeah. Well, we are not alcoholics or violent or drug abusers. That's already Ooh. very racist and very classist. Yeah. Yes. To be fair, I think they're probably mostly being classist because when I used to date a girl who did a lot of like uh, child protection law and stuff, the vast majority of people having their kids taken into ca- care in this country are very much white. Oh, sure. Yeah, but, but there's like, definitely a yeah. real class. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she says, <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, we're not any of these dirty poors. No, of course. She yeah. basically says, yeah, we're educated, middle class, adoptive parents. Adoption began as a dream for us, but turned into a nightmare. Middle Uh-oh. class people love to have something that begins in a dream and ends in a nightmare. They love that <laughs> shit. They love it's to like, go on holiday hmm. and they. Lo- I, I say they. We love to go on holiday and then have that dream turn into a nightmare. We love to adopt a kid and have that dream turn into a nightmare. <laughs> Everybody- building a house in the Alps and then Jean Michel Bastard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like that's yeah. a whole genre of British entertainment. Is middle class people start with a dream and end in a nightmare. You know what happens to like working class people when their dreams turn into nightmares? No one gives. Of shit, because that's normal. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it, this is this is someone of the like, ah, it's charted as a dream, turned into a nightmare. That's the premise of every horror movie, also, by the way. Well, yes. Uh, yeah. Well, Dr- drag me like to social services. Yeah. <laughs> we were introduced to our two boys on my birthday. We met them for the first time. They greeted us by saying, Hello, Mom. Hello, Dad. And we became an instant family. Uh-huh. And they were permanently uh-huh. placed with us just before Christmas. Uh huh. No, notice when- that word permanently, because that ain't true. <laughs> Yeah. Why does this have the energy of uh, this remarkable young man tweet? <laughs> when we realized we couldn't have children of our own, it seemed that the adoption route was meant oh, to be. This was a way we could make a difference. Uh-huh. We ma- were matched with two brothers who were about to be separated. Age seven, the older brother would have remained in foster care, while the three-year-old would be offered to adopt for adoption, but we adopted both. Uh-huh. Uh, the first five years were full-on fabulous. I think we ticked off everything from the National Trust list of 50 things to do before you're 11 and three quarters, which Fucking sucks. It's Britishness. <laughs> Seeing how much they got from every activity from climbing trees to dancing in a stream was a joy. My mom said that our boys were her only grateful grandchildren and they valued every present, even if it was second hand. <laughs> but back when they were nice, pliable urchins. Yeah, yeah. They, had, they, had low, they had low expectations and she liked Listen, that. You, know, yeah. you could just get them any old shit. Look, an eight-year-old, you can fit an eight-year-old down a chimney. Most eight-year-olds, you can get them down there. <laughs> 11, 12, depends, depends. Yeah, that is just a tricky bit. When I was a small kid, my nan used to regularly take me to like a really, a really uh, grim, uh, like a kind of like a, like a convenience store, but it was called Mr. Saver. Where you could buy like all kinds of cursed artifacts. Like it sold everything from like milk to BB guns. Like these kind of stores exist in Britain. <laughs> and I used to think this store was like awesome. My nan used to spend like three pounds in there on me, and I would come away with a bunch of things that would horrify my mother. And I'd be like, yeah, maybe I was an urchin. Maybe that was my personality. Type. <laughs> no, no, no. This happened to me too. Uh, with exact the exact same thing. The store that sells like a fucking like 
off-brand James Bond cap gun that's like branded as like James Bond Agent 07. Riley has found it on, on Google Maps and is still open in Harlow. And out the, the picture of the front of the shop, they're selling fishing nets and also a big carpet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to know, This right? is British culture. I, lo I love to go to my regular shop, Normal Goods. Yeah, that's right. Well, also, like it's, we, we talk about, like, you know, like, like, about children being taken into care mm. and stuff. And yeah, it is. I would say it is something that is primarily... Um, done to working class people by the state, yeah. Mm -hmm. Rather than you going, hey, do you want this kid? Yeah, because this is the, uh, it, it, and this is partly through you know uh, enormous prejudice on on behalf of like the organs of the state that deal with this, and also from the fact that like the we've sort of made the decision as as a society to like force people to live lives of chaos if they don't have, uh, if they don't have like you know the 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 same like you know, requisite class markers, etc. Oh sure. So, Plus things that we've like imposed on them in order to like cope with it. Things like alcohol, for instance, uh, where you know it really does like devastate a family to the point where you know you might not be able to take care of children safely. But it's something that you've uh, you know been led to use because of you know any number of like environmental factors or whatever. And I mean the the strange thing about this article actually is right is that it is a tour through the ways in which the british care system functions in it functions like a part of the british state that's designed to interact with the uh, undesirables that the british state sort of decides to fuck with very much right? like the home office in that respect yeah where what they what what they say right is they say the major difficulty started when the elder boy started secondary school he was not offered the enhanced transition arrangements that are routinely offered. Oh, I to hate not being care. offered the enhanced transition <laughs> arrangements. <laughs> Despite us having a, a meeting with the school to explain his background, didn't occur to them to put in their, put him on their list of care experienced children, etc. So this is then a, there is a story of the litany of failures of the system to like give this family the support they need because they have a they have so, a, a, they, they have a kid who is troubled for like the reasons that we talked about, right and and. And and from that lack of stability, that's essentially again imposed by the state. The state fails to deal with it. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think we're going to get into yeah. precisely like the precise details because one of the things that would probably be unpleasant about being this kid is having your foster mother of eight years write about all the shit that's wrong with you in national media. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that one. Um, this is that's worse. She, she was just, she was just trying to set him up for like a media career, and I think that he's going to be like very talented right wing columnist in like <laughs> you know, a decade. I think she's actually done him a favor. Yeah, you can kind of see why this woman has been like immediately accepted to the breast of Britain's blue ticks because she is a perfect <laughs> solipsist, much like they all are. Mm. <laughs> well, and and so this there's this these constant sort of failures, right? And then as she says, the only support came from an experienced social worker who is assigned to us not because we were adoptive parents, but because we were also respite foster carers taking in other children aside from our two boys. So that's what I was like, wait a minute. So you have, there are these, you've decided just that you're going to create this sort of large collection of, uh, <laughs> of you're just yeah, your to create a large collection of children. Farm, yes. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, and... Who else like, is going to milk the cows? <laughs> it's like we spent all our meetings talking about our elder son, since uh, the children being placed with us for respite care were much easier to manage. And it's like again, like yeah, so it's like well, uh, we 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 do love taking in children, but this one's being a bit of a bother. Mm. Uh, so uh, we put him back into care. He's in his fourth home, going into his fifth, and now he's had a fucking national newspaper column written about him by uh, Eleanor Bradford. Thank you. Great. God, the God, the British character, huh? But the, the the key thing here about this, as I remember it, is less like we can't take care of this kid anymore, right? Because like, as grim as it is, I do think there are situations where it's like not good, but sometimes necessary for parents to be like, we cannot do this, and therefore, like, it's better for this kid to have a chance of going somewhere where they they will get the care that they need than just being stuck with us and us resenting them and them resenting us. Right. Th that's not the controversial aspect to me. The controversial aspect to me is writing about it in a national newspaper and writing about it in a national newspaper with the tone of, and you're not allowed to get mad at me. Don't ever fucking get mad at me for this because, if anything, I want you to sympathize with me and my struggle of, of how difficult it was for me to, to put my kid back in care. Just mentioning the day that she, ad she adopts the children is uh, 
her birthday. She was like, it was my birthday. I mean, you know where the article yeah, going right from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I got a bad b- birthday present. Yeah, adoption service yeah. wrapped. You adopted two kids this year. And you oh. gave one back, unusually. Yeah. Uh, it, there, you were a- in the top 0.01% <laughs> of child give-backers. So now I can walk in the door and leave my bag on the table. Before I had to lock away my purse, hide the key, and stash my bag safely upstairs. Our home is a happy place. We have the time to read to our younger son. Uh, a bedtime story, a luxury that had gone by the wayside as we constantly dealt with the fallout from the behavior okay, okay. of our elders. Your, your younger son, right? He's he's three when this is written. Um, oh, oh no, he's he's going to be older now, right? So he's ten. He's he's ten. Okay. He's 10. When he asks where his brother is, uh, you're going to say, "Yeah, we took him back." For, well, for the, here's the we th- he, well, he went to live on a farm, not this one, Alice, a different one. Yes, yeah. here's the thing. Uh-huh. Eleanor Bradford has anticipated someone saying that, and she said. Oh, the younger son is actually fine with it. He thinks it's a good idea. Right. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking sure, huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and, but this is, like, regardless of the difficulties of the, uh, uh, the difficulties involved in fostering, especially fostering an, an older child, and the fucked up way that the British state treats kids who are put into care, then taken out of care, the lack of support that you get generally, that's all a massive indictment of the British state. Yeah. But the fact that she has decided, I'm going to write about this in a national newspaper, and I'm going to write about it in a tone that says you have to be stoked about it, is pure <laughs> British madness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's also, I mean, it's also just like catnip for a particular genre of British media that love to do these types of stories, right? Where they kind of know that the person who's like writing it is going to kind of like, is going to like receive a lot of heat and is going to receive a lot of criticism and like public, you know, being publicly shamed and all that stuff. Um, I, 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 this is just like a half-baked theory, but I really do think in the same way that so much of British media has these like very weird um, micro industries that it really relies on stuff like, um, Oh, well, 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 it's not like it's kind of magician adjacent, but it's not quite there. It's uh, co- like something like yeah, per- that's a columnist, like, like, magician adjacent, <laughs> magician <laughs> like, adjacent. Like, pers- 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 right? Yeah, well, I don't know what school they went to. Um, uh, no, like uh, you know, like person, like personality readers. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a very British, like yeah, cold reading uh, tabloid character. Um, I think that these types of people fit into that genre. I, I, I sort of disagree. Happen- I don't think this is an example of like th- uh, like throwing someone to the wolves in the sense of we're gonna get a bunch of people who like uh, will go. Oh, I would never give up my kids in the replies. I think this is entirely for the kind of like Daily Mail reader who hates their child. <laughs> yeah, no, I de- I totally agree. That's sorry, like I'm I'm been very bad at articulating, but no, I absolutely agree. Like it's it, they're not it's not they're not there to kind of like get vitriol, like to kind of for to invite vitriol. Uh, they are like there to sort of like normalize something that is like truly insane, but something that is broadly accepted among a particular class of like upper middle class English people mostly. Um, but yeah, just like upper middle class, like British people for whom like these very weird habits and behaviors would be so strange and absurd and like just gross to most people, but like to kind of fortify that particular class structure, um, you need to kind of like have that go through. Do you know what I mean? Does this I, make I think, any sense? I think it's, like, it's less of a, and, and there, I think it's less of a class structure thing and more just of a, of a British a British public intellectual thing of um, just hating everybody around you, especially your kids. Hating your children, humiliating your children, and also sort of the decline in being able to send them to a boarding school uh, where they're not your problem. (laughs) Also, yeah, I guess also assessing the idea that like ultimately children, like, you know, don't like in the same way that like you have a society that just hates children and young people and like, you know, young millennials, very much the idea that, oh, you know, you can kind of bleat as much as you want, but like we ultimately have the power and that means that we can literally send you somewhere else and shun you for the rest of your life if we choose to do that. So what you're saying is it's kind of, uh, it, it betrays a deeper power fantasy on behalf of the middle-aged British columnist. Oh, yeah. it's, 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 it's a pendulum swinging between the British upper middle classes who, who uh, now hate children has swung from uh, liking children but too much. I, de- I definitely think there was like after reading that article I definitely think there was probably like a home county's like parent who was like oh I wish I could do this with my kid but unfortunately I gave birth to them <laughs> I wish I could do this to my kid but unfortunately he's 45 years old and named Tom Newton Dunn <laughs> alright alright um, I have no idea how old Tom Newton Dunn is 
I do, oh, I do, I do think his mum would like try to return him if possible. He's though. forty. He's four. He's forty-seven. I, I Very was close. close. That's not bad. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Right, anyway, I, the, I have won this month's guest Tom Newton Dunn's <laughs> age. Uh, you know what? Most months it's the same, but you got to look out for whatever month his birthday's in because it will change. That's right. Uh, anyway, look. Uh, I think we've we've gone we've gone about far enough. Uh, in this little journey of ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Dan, thank you very much for coming on. I, I wonder where people could hear more of... Uh, may- maybe if they were like, boy, I sure love that Riley and Dan. I wish Alice Hussein and Milo weren't there. Yeah, people were always <laughs> saying this about us. I am always, I am actually always saying this. Yeah, uh, I guess they could check out uh, us on The Bottleman. I guess they could, yeah. What, what a ringing endorsement. They could uh, help sor- support uh, liberal democracy and rules-based order by uh, listening to any number of my bands on uh, Spotify and protecting the yeah. world from uh, authoritarianism. Dan's yeah. always singing about democracy, yeah. and bringing mm-hmm. it to the Donbass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And authoritarianism, a real and useful concept. The, 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 thing, the thing about Dan is that when he was in Ukraine uh, in, in the Soviet era, all of the intelligence operatives of the KGB respected him. For reasons right. that we're not going to get into. <laughs> we were all just really good friends, you know. Keep uh, keep your eyes so, open for my new project, uh, Bandera Boys, coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't forget, there's a bonus episode of this podcast, five bucks a month for a second episode every week. Mm. Uh, so, with all that in mind, we will see you soon. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.